Hi there, I'm Ben Morton and welcome to another episode of the Ben Morton Leadership Podcast. It's the weekly show that brings you inspiring interviews with senior leaders and genuine subject matter experts, all designed to help you be the best leader you can possibly be. It's my gift to you and it's totally free. This week, we have another of our special medley episodes, which this time focuses exclusively on the topic of delegation. It's one of the topics I get asked about the most from those that have completed my free 10 for 10 leadership program, from my live leadership courses, and the senior executives that I coach and mentor. You see, delegation is a critical leadership skill, yet it's one that so many leaders still struggle to master. The truth of the matter is, there are some managers that don't manage, and there are plenty of leaders that don't lead. Instead, these pseudo-leaders and managers try to do everything themselves by working just a little bit longer, a little bit harder, and a little bit faster than they did prior to getting their last promotion. But this approach never works, because there'll always be too many tasks and not enough time. In contrast, though, leaders and managers who delegate well have more time to focus on the high-impact tasks, thereby maximising their own effectiveness. And by assigning work to our team members or our staff, it increases our output and the value of the entire team because it allows concurrent activity. That's it by way of an introduction. Now you're about to hear from six highly successful leaders who have all previously appeared on the show sharing their first-hand, hard-won tips for effective delegation. And when you've finished listening to this episode, do go ahead and take a look at my new Delegation Mastery online course. It will help you master this critical skill once and for all by covering every element involved in effective delegation. It will guide you through the full process of deciding what to delegate, who to delegate it to, how to delegate, and then how to balance giving freedom versus giving support, as well as helping you review performance of the task, the person you delegated it to, and perhaps most importantly, yourself, i.e. how well did you do at delegating? Did you do a good enough job? And where can you improve and get better so that you can do it more effectively next time? It's a course that's already getting rave reviews because primarily it's designed specifically to meet your needs and in response to what you, my community, have been asking me for. I've popped the link in the show notes for you so that you can pause the episode and sign up right now. But now, and without any further delay, let me introduce the first guest on this week's medley episode. First up is Sophie Hooper, the CEO at Secret Saviors, sharing her advice on effective delegation. Sophie, as an experienced senior leader working in some corporates and now kind of running your own business, Secret Saviors, what would you say are your top two or three tips on effective delegation? Because it's 
we all know it's a really important skill for leaders, but more and more I find it's one that so many leaders struggle with for a whole host of reasons. So what are your top tips, please? Yeah, so um, I think the first thing, and especially in a small business like mine, is work out the the high-value tasks and the low-value tasks. So there are certain people within the business that if, if I gave them a high-value task, it would impact the business too much. So actually try and delegate the low the low-value tasks to... That, that, doesn't, that, that doesn't mean they're not important, but just sort of prioritise them mm. so you know which tasks you're delegating. And I don't, in a small business, as, as you've heard me sort of say, I, I, I do do an awful lot myself. So that delegation is, is, is important. And I think making people in, feel empowered about what you're giving them and, work, and know what their comfort levels are. I know that I, I've done, you, need, you know, there's no point going and giving a very mathematical task to someone who just cannot run a spreadsheet or, or anything like that, because immediately they'll lose confidence. So I think talking to them and finding out what their comfort levels are. And, and one that I definitely used to use a lot at Saatchi's was that asking for help is a strength, not a weakness. And and the reason and the reason I say that was because there was one poor account manager who got into the most appalling mess. Uh, and I know I said to him afterwards, if you just said to me, I don't know what I'm doing here, then we wouldn't have got into that appalling mess. So that really, you know, and I hopefully I'm I'm approachable enough to, for people to be able to say, I know I would. If I said I don't know what I'm doing, you know, I don't have any qualms about saying that. In fact, I say that quite a lot. I think that's an absolute key thing to make it that if you need help. It's a strength, not a weakness. Yeah, absolutely. And would you say you've found it harder to delegate since you're running and building your own your own business? Do you find to the conversation we had previously in the main episode that when you've got more skin in the game, do you find you struggle to let let go of things because maybe you are, I don't know, more invested in the in the outcome you've got more of a view around what good looks like because because it's yours or or not 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 really i mean i think it depends it depends on what you're delegating so i mean i have to have a lot of calls on zoom with um the investors and things and you know there are some as as ceo i can't possibly be expected to know all the detail on the whole of the digital marketing campaign so bringing in other you know someone who knows that like the back of their hand it doesn't floor me at all because i think it's it's good here i'm bringing in the expert but you know i have less people to delegate to that's the that's that's the reality believe me if i could have delegated for someone unloading that truck i would have done but i mean it is the same i think it's just on a smaller level i just don't have as many people to to delegate to but i think everybody around me in the team that i've got now i i do trust I do. I really. I hope they trust me. I know they do. I know they trust me, and I do trust them. So, I, I'm not looking over their shoulders as to how customer service is talking to our customers because I just know it'll be, it'll be good. That's part of it. I don't. I know that they won't damage the brand or or anything like that. I think you've hit there upon upon one of the one of the keys to effective delegation, right? So there's a, a framework I often talk about that I learned in, in the military, which is contrary to how many people would think the military operates. So when the certainly the British Army deploys overseas, we we they work on the concept of something called mission command, which is really about. Um, pushing decision making down to the lowest possible level or to those closest to to the action and it's kind of the opposite of what how we often delegate in work or how many people delegate in work in that we would tell people um what needs to be achieved and then we'll tell them why and we tell them why at two levels like my boss's intent and my boss's boss's intent but we wouldn't delegate the how we'd leave people to work that out for themselves which means 
as the situation unfolds, ultimately they know what they're trying to achieve and where it fits into the bigger picture so they can flex and make decisions themselves. But then we'd give people a framework to, to work within. And in military terms, that was normally don't go past this road or don't cross that river because there's other operations. So that's part of the framework. And in business, that translates normally to time, budget or approval levels, authority levels. But the other part of that framework is, is trust, right? You've got you've to have people in the team that you trust to execute, which means you need to have recruited people that, that you trust. I mean, if you've got that trust, delegation does become so much easier, doesn't it? Because you know they're generally going to do a good job and they're going to act with good intent and they're going to do what they think is right. And therefore, you're not, you're not going to go too far wrong if you've, if you've got that. Yes, it's, it's, it's the trust that they, they will problem solve it correctly. I think a little bit like you were saying, that's, that's actually quite interesting to, uh, to hear that that's a, that's a thing um, in the military. <laughs> Yes, I mean, yes, I do. I mean, I, you, you, I think you have to because otherwise you, you just turn into a nightmare, wouldn't you, going around micromanaging everybody and, and, and ultimately pissing everybody off. And, I mean, I, I know exactly what... I mean, I've quite recently with someone sort of who's decided that micromanaging is a good idea and it's just, it's, it just kills everything. It kills creativity, everything, doesn't it? And uh, I'm not... Kills the, the, kills the fun. It kills the fun, yeah. And I am definitely not the kind of person that likes being micromanaged. So, uh, yeah. Next up is Rob Moore, CEO and founder of Progressive Property, giving his take on this week's medley question. Rob, you lead multiple businesses across your businesses, employing 150 odd people, I believe. That being the case, what would you say are your top two to three tips for um, effective delegation? Number one, sell the vision. Don't just outsource the task. Number two, cut the person in. Maybe give it to them as a project, not just a delegated admin task. Uh, And number three, have good accountability to get it done. A measurable outcome, whether it's a deadline or a commission or some kind of reward for finishing the task. Oh, and 3.5, delegate to the right person. Yeah, really important, right? Delegating to the right person. And let me just ask a follow-up question on that. How do you go about selling the vision? Because we all talk about vision a lot in in leadership. Everyone talks about having having a vision. But you've touched on a really key point there, right? Like creating the vision, like lots of people think about vision being a nice crafted vision statement. But for me, like that's probably less than 10% of the job, right? A beautiful beautifully crafted vision statement that no one understands that leaders never talk about isn't worth anything. It's about constantly breathing life into it, right? So how do you bring a vision to life within your businesses? Well, there's the grand vision. So for our company to help as many people on this planet get better financial education and knowledge. I think that's very clear, actually. When it comes to a task, Selling the why. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. I believe anybody from level one newest person in the company to the owner, manager, founder wants to feel important, wants to feel valued and wants to feel like they're doing something useful for the cause. So if you let the people you're delegating to know why what you're doing is useful to the course, even if it might only seem like a general dog's body admin task, 
you're going to unleash in them that sensation that they're doing something valuable. Let me now introduce Craig Moody, managing partner at the Verdis Group with his top tips for effective delegation. Craig, you've got an ever-increasing business and team that you're running. That being the case, I'm sure you can't do everything yourself. So what would you say are your top two or three tips for effective delegation? That's a really good, important question for me and I think for our team writ large as we grow. Two things come to mind for me. One is the old Nike adage, just do it. Delegation can be painful sometimes when you got to bring somebody new into the fold and help them understand and do something that you've been doing for a long time. So for us, we really talk about you just you can't move on to the more sophisticated, fun things if you don't find a way to get some of those other things off your plate. So you just have to do it. You just got to do it. And then I think the other thing that we talk about as a team frequently when it comes to delegation is the importance of how clearly you communicate back and forth. It's one thing to delegate to someone and say, okay, here's the resources you need. This is the objective. Here's what I want out of you. Here's the timeline. But we really talk about how important it is for whoever's receiving the task to then report back. Okay, here's what I heard. You just asked me to do this, this, this. Here's the timeline. And so almost always when they're reporting back and saying, this is what I understand the task to be, there's a gap. So that act of just taking that moment to just reaffirm is super crucial to avoid all of the pain that could exist down the road because there's just a slight misalignment of expectations. So that back and forth, repeating over and over again to make sure that's really clear has been something that we found to be pretty valuable. I love that approach. It reminds me of what I was taught to do in the military. So when we was given a briefing for an operation, we were told never to try and clarify understanding by asking four questions. So what we wouldn't do would say, all right, guys, any questions? Because invariably, you're not going to get any because people don't want to get it wrong or they don't want to appear stupid. And then as a leader, we assume that silence means people understand. Right, right. Instead, we were taught to ask questions to clarify understanding. So it'd be, all right, Craig, what's the casualty evacuation plan? And then they've got to play it back to you, as you just said, and either they get it right and you go, great, I know everybody understands, or they get it wrong and go, okay, I need to re-communicate so everyone, everyone gets it. And I, and I love the fact that that's what you're doing by really encouraging people to, uh, to, to play back what they've just been told so you can spot those, spot those gaps because it saves a lot of frustration and wasted effort all around, right? Yeah, in your experience in the military, was there typically a gap when you would reflect back those questions to ensure clarity? Yeah, there, well, yeah, yes and no. Invariably, there, there would be a gap because like people get tired and, and they zone out, right? So it's, it, it's, it's natural. But what it also does in the military, it forces people to really pay attention to the briefing and make good notes because they know they could be asked a question on any part of the briefing or the set of orders you, you've just given so it does dial up the attention somewhat yeah that makes sense yeah great our next soundbite comes from luke doherty who is the managing director at mindful peak performance with his unique take on delegation here's what luke has to say 
Luke, as a leader and business owner yourself now, what would you say are your top two or three tips for effective delegation? Intentionality. So delegate for the right reason with intention and delegate more. Don't feel guilty about it. Is that something kind of you struggled with in, in, in the early days, set up your business? It's certainly the case for, for many business leaders and entrepreneurs. I just wondered if that's been your journey. Yeah, partly feeling guilty that I was passing out too many tasks, but also underneath that, not wanting to, wanting to keep all the control myself. So working with that relinquishing control, trusting other people, allowing other people to make mistakes, all of this kind of territory, not, um, yeah, I got quite a bit of support to realise that I was holding too much because I didn't want to let it go. And then feeling guilty when I did let it go. So yeah, it's an interesting area to, to explore. And was there something in particular that you did or learned that enabled you to move past that feeling of, of guilt or was it just the passage of time? It was a passage of time and it was also some coaching support I did around um, from Simon, who you've done a podcast with. He did some work with me just looking at, looking at this area of um, delegation control and, yeah, getting some kind of someone reflecting back to me, basically. Brilliant. Love it. Next up is artificial intelligence expert Garrick Tate with his delegation advice. Garrick, what would you say are your top two to three tips for effectively delegating tasks and projects to the people that you lead? The first concept I would say I came from the book, Who Not How? And it's a concept of acceptance criteria of when you are starting off on a project, not just creating the the the, the goals list or the, the the purpose, et cetera, but to instead put in a lot of effort into nailing down how will success be measured and what will be acceptable. And the second concept I would say comes from One Minute Manager. I'm sure lots of people listening to this podcast have read that book. Uh, if you haven't read this, fantastic book, incredible. Um, if you haven't read the second book in the series, I think it's called One Minute Manager Leadership. Uh, there's a really great, equally simple, equally compelling ideas there around adjusting your management style depending on the person that you're you're working with in the relationship, and uh, adjusting how much direction you give them and how much you you kind of let them solve their own problems and so just adjusting your your best practices depending on on the relationship and depending on their their abilities i think is um something that is seems really really simple but can be incredibly easy to overlook yeah i think that second one is i think it might be the one minute manager builds a high performing team or, or something like that. I remember reading that after. I haven't read that. If that's one of them, I haven't read that. Oh, that's a great one in I the series as well. Yeah. Kind of listeners should, should check that one out. It's, it's very cool. Yeah. Great, great little books. And the wonderful thing about them is you'll, you'll read them in a couple of days, right? Cause they're super accessible written as a series of really nice parables and stories. So they're really, really accessible. Definitely. And last but not least, as they say, here is Lisa Bragg, founder, CEO, and author with her top tips. Lisa, you've had a number of careers now, done lots of different things. That being the case, what would you say are your top tips for delegating really effectively to people that you lead and manage? Yeah, delegation is always one of those things that I find a challenge, actually. So I have to really be aware of it and make it 
you know, here's how I'm delegating and then making sure that I step away, but be available. So I think that's the one thing that I've always learned is here's what I'm going to give to you and explain it. Then I have to step away and I step away far enough that I'm I'm available to you, but I, you know, here you go and, and run with it. So I used to be very much a sink or swim delegator and confession here. And so now I need to make sure that I am not a sink and swim, but I am a person on the side. And I think the sink and swim comes back to my broadcast journalism. Day one everywhere, here, here's the story, go out and cover it. And, you know, I didn't even know what the anchor's names sometimes when I'd come back. I'm like, who am I throwing to? I don't know who's, who am I talking to? So you have to go out there and you really are a sink or swim. And so I just naturally would just keep doing that to people. And so now I make sure that I am the lifeguard on the side, ready for anything so you do not sink or swim, Yeah, that you can swim, that you're not going to sink. I am there for you, but I'm not right in the pool with you because otherwise I will just take over those laps and not let you swim at all. So I have to really pause and take a step back and be the lifeguard, the guide on the side for people who are, who are working with me and who I delegate work to. So being really super aware of it and uh, taking deep breaths. <laughs> Deep breath, breathing always helps with nearly everything, right? It always does. <laughs> yeah. Are you aware of what it was in particular that sort of got in the way and prevented you from from delegating? I have a sense there's maybe four or five main blockers or hurdles for people, but without saying what they are, I'm just curious if you know sort of what the what that blocker was was for you. You know what? I was taught you always had to do everything yourself. So don't ask for help, do it yourself. So I think it comes a lot with how you're raised. So don't expect anyone to help you. Just do it yourself, get it done, that it takes too much work to bring in. You know, if you can't do it, then you can't do it, right? And that's not right. You know, you need to ask for help. And so I think a lot of it was you have to go it alone to be successful. And that's not true. You have to bring in help and you have to delegate and trust other people will do it will be there to support you. So I think it goes back to being a young person and nope, you have to do it yourself. And that's oh, how much further, farther, faster I would have gone if I'd realized the journey is better when we're together. It's a lovely place to end. It reminds me of the the African proverb, right? Which says, I think if I can remember it accurately, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so beautiful. So that's what my previous guests have to say on the important topic of delegation. But I thought I'd finish up with some thoughts from myself. Having now spent more than two decades coaching and developing senior leaders, leading teams myself, I've realized that there are five main things that prevent us from delegating more or prevent us from delegating effectively. They are all linked to our belief system that we have developed over time, and generally they come from a place of fear. They are all strongly linked to negative what-if type thinking. The first of these fears is that of being a bad boss. Now, this mostly affects very empathetic leaders who want to do all that they can to protect and support those that they lead. It's a noble aspiration, right? But these leaders hold on to more tasks than they should, and they silently carry the burden of extra work that their teams could be doing. As a result, 
the leader finds themselves carrying a really heavy load themselves instead of distributing it evenly across the entire team. And they go on doing this until they eventually break or cease to be effective as a leader and manager. The second fear is of being seen as a slacker. Now, the thought process associated with this fear tends to be along the lines of, if I'm delegating all of these tasks to my team, then they're going to start wondering what on earth I'm actually doing myself. They'll think I'm a slacker. They'll think I'm not pulling my own weight. Now, this fear, perhaps more than any other, causes leaders to work at a frenzied pace as they desperately try to prove just how hard they're working and just how much they can get done. The irony of this particular fear is that the fast and furious and frenetic pace of work simply creates more work because these leaders don't have or don't allow themselves the time and space to think. So they and their teams can easily fall into the trap of becoming busy fools. The third fear is the trust fear. Now, on the surface, this seems to be about a lack of trust, i.e. not trusting that our team can take a task and deliver it on time to the standard required. However, if you really start to unpick and unpack this particular fear, as I've done in countless coaching sessions, it doesn't actually have anything to do with trusting the competence of the people in our team. Instead, the real competence gap is in our ability, the leader's ability, to look ahead, assess what tasks and activities are coming up in the future, and delegate them to the right people with sufficient time. Because time allows us to provide the coaching, support, checks and balances to ensure that the task is done on time to the required standard. The fourth fear is the fear of quality. And at the heart of this fear is our ego. And sometimes, in some cases, just a touch of arrogance. It stems from the little voice in our head that says, I can do this better than any of my people. That may be true. More often than not, it's not true. But regardless, does this mean you should analyze the research, create that PowerPoint deck, or attend that particular client meeting? Probably not, because now you, we, are paid to be leaders, not to execute all of the tasks that others can and ought to be carrying out. The fifth and final fear is around damage to our personal reputation. If you think back to the first two fears that I've shared with you, they are about what those that we lead think of us. In contrast, this fear is about our own reputational damage with our boss or our boss's boss or other stakeholders even. In essence, when this fear is coming into play, our focus is heavily skewed towards our own career and onward progression, often at the expense of those that we lead or what it is we are being tasked to deliver. The belief system associated with this tends to be along the lines of, I'm responsible for what happens here, so I can't possibly delegate that responsibility. But this belief is somewhat flawed and it's definitely unhelpful. 
And at this point, let me say, welcome to the job of a leader. If you're not comfortable with this idea of total accountability, you're in the wrong job because this is what we are paid to do as leaders. So that's it by way of an introduction to some of the things that get in the way and prevent us delegating and prevent us from delegating effectively. You can learn more about all of these fears and most importantly, how to overcome them in my new delegation mastery course that I've created for you and that I mentioned at the start of this episode. I am incredibly proud of this course and the work that my team and myself have poured into it. And I know that it will make a huge difference to you and your team. So do please go ahead and check that out right now. And finally, one last thing. If you have taken value from this free podcast, please could you express your gratitude by sharing the link to the show with your friends and colleagues on social media or forward it forwarding it, sorry, via email, and then give the show a quick rating and review. I'd be incredibly grateful if you could do that. And it really does make a difference. It allows us to continue growing the show and bringing you more and more interviews with better and better guests. That is it for this episode, though. Take care of yourself. Take care of those you've got the privilege and responsibility to lead. And until next time, lead on.